0: seven days a week 24 hours. Yep. Zachary White, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become you Your Own Superhero.
1: Laban, I cannot get enough airtime with you, brother. I love the energy, so let's do this.
0: <laughs> welcome to the Oasis of Courage. <laughs> what does an Oasis of Courage look like these days, Zach?
1: Oh, wow. In my journey... You know, Oasis of Courage, which for those who don't know, that is the name of my business, my coaching company. But it is it is a place people go to get recharged and rejuvenated from the the beatdown of life. Sometimes you know, we're out in the arena getting our butts kicked. That that sweat and blood from the the famous quote from Teddy Roosevelt, and and to me, the Oasis of Courage, it's that it's that third place. You know, it's the place you escape to 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 really establish like a uh, sense of peace, sense of calm, the energy to go back in and get it done. You, know, you don't you don't want to hang in the oasis. It's not a place you stay. You, know, you think about the picture of a, a desert, you know, an oasis there. If you stay there, you're still in the desert, right? <laughs> like the point is not to come and hang there forever, but it's just like let's get what we need to get back in the game. And I love it. It's it's so fun to be a part of that journey with my clients and people like you and. I think we all need an oasis, Laban. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I love I love that.
0: And uh, I have, you know, and OACO for short, um, which you'll no doubt hear Zach use today. But uh, it's funny how your voice um, broke at like rejuvenate, the word rejuvenate. It's like, hey, is the universe sending you a signal? Like, are you working your tail off? Are you working too hard, Zach, at the moment? Is that what's going on?
1: Oh, wow. I I would say I'm working at a level that aligns with my intention for this season, but it is not aligned with my vision. And so in that regard, it's fair to say I'm working too hard because what I want for my life is to work less than I am right now. And I'll receive that signal from the universe. So uh, if God's given me a nudge, it's time to hit the brakes a little bit today. That sounds like a great plan.
0: (laughs) Well, we better explain to everyone what you do because I think it's really important in uh, three minutes and people are going to well, what's this podcast all about? So for what is the 60-second synopsis of who Zach White is?
1: What I do is support engineering leaders, you know, people who want to create impact and uh, make a difference in their career or in their business if they're entrepreneurial-minded. And have that, that technical, you know, science, analytical, logical kind of brain. Help them to reach the next level breakthrough in the areas that hold them back both in their area of career success but also with alignment and integrity to their whole person you know avoiding burnout avoiding the challenges and the trade-offs these compromised calculations that we're constantly making get out of our heads get into action get out of the comfort zone and go make a difference in the world at the next level and so we provide coaching and training and tools for engineering leaders to get through those barriers and roadblocks and in many, many cases, a complete transformation in their life along that journey.
0: Yeah, a very and a very specific niched uh, area that you're in, and you've got an amazing podcast as well, The Happy Engineer, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which I was a privilege to be a guest on. You've interviewed a bucket of people, predominantly from that engineering space, but also some other people that can provide some amazing aspects. So if you Uh, If you haven't checked out Zach's podcast, it's available everywhere and he's crushing it. It's in the top half a percent of uh, downloads globally. So that tells you he's doing something very, very right. Zach, where did all this begin for you?
1: The Oasis of Courage was born sitting across from a divorce attorney in a big conference room with the classic, you know, mahogany bookshelves, big wood table. And, you know, for her, just another day at the office, for me, it was my adult, rock bottom, most embarrassing, depressing, shameful moment of my life. And I didn't know, sitting there, that a was being planted, but that's the moment where, Everything that I'm doing now was was born in me and it was the journey over the five six seven years after that moment where you know that seed grew into a plant big enough that I was like oh my gosh what is this I need to go harvest on this but but that was the moment where it began uh, truly in a rock bottom place for me
0: you don't look old enough to being divorced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, unless well, you're Britney Spears, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully when I'm 60, that will be a, a really good thing. But yeah, today I still can be mistaken for a high school student in the wrong context, but no, I, I got married right out of college, uh, to my you know college ballroom dance partner and sweetheart. And so I was you know 22 at the time and divorced five, just over five years later. And, um, you know, now have been since recovered, healed, remarried, and my beautiful, amazing wife, Johanna, who is the most incredible woman on the planet in so many ways. We've actually just passed our five-year anniversary as well. So uh, life has changed a lot in that time, but I'm, I'm older than I look, Laban.
0: Well, you look great, and uh, I, I haven't had a good chance to meet Johanna uh, in person yet, but she is beautiful inside and out. She's a super intelligent woman. And, um, it's funny a couple of times, I think you've said, uh, you're, you're very lucky. And I, I would always counter that by saying, you create your own luck. You, Mm. what you're putting together from my observation and the growth that I've witnessed in the short time that we've known each other, which is, I don't know, like six, 12 months, maybe it's not, maybe not even that It's definitely six, but
1: probably in that range, Yeah, which is amazing. It does feel like I know you well, but that's the nature of how you, you connect. And I love that so much.
0: Well, you've uh, invested in yourself and you've joined the world's best mastermind group that was created this year as well. And you've uh, attended two of the the sessions so far. And just while we're on the subject really quickly, what's been your experience being a part of a mastermind like this for the first time?
1: So for anyone who doesn't know, when we say mastermind, what that is, I I hope you do your homework and, and reach out. And if you haven't experienced it, I'll tell you, there's nothing quite like actually being in a space with people whose intentions are so service-oriented, generous, giving, but also with an expectation that something magical is going to happen every time we're together. And so, you know, the world's best mastermind, which your know, kudos, Laban and Evans for pulling that together. It's just amazing to be a part of it. My first session. And Laban, I mean, you remember the moment. I I'm I'm still the like if you took a photo of my face in this moment, I'm sure it would be something my wife would would laugh and frame for all eternity. But the amazing Les Brown, who's a part of our group, took my simple question around where I felt stuck in business and understood. You know, he was able to see through my surfacey. Question that I thought I'd really planned and prepared well for, and get to the heart of the matter of who I am you know, the identity of Zach and the oasis of courage, and what it looks like to bring that into the world in a way that moves people and inspires people. And for me, just to witness his expertise in service of my vision. And then to be encouraged and uplifted and and people offering help and support at all these places where I need it. Uh, you know, I literally cried from that time with a sense of joy, you know, those joyful tears. It's not a sad cry, it's the happy cry. And as an engineer at heart, I don't do a lot of happy cries. That's that's a pretty rare thing in my life. But when you get touched uh, in those soft inner places of your heart, you know, there's nothing like it. And masterminding is a way to access that, but it's it's about relationship. You know, just opening up, being willing to trust someone fully and give them an opportunity to help you, which is something we don't always do.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad we've, I'm glad I asked this because we've, we've spoken post masterclass and sort of just been humbled by the experience. But now that there's been a bit of time for you to absorb what's going on and, and, uh, And I appreciate you sharing that because I'm trying to, at the moment, work on articulating how to explain to people that don't have any experience in this what actually goes on. And because there's no, there's not anything tangible that you can commit to because it's kind of like driven by how willing you are to receive, right? It's based on service, so what you can offer the group, but then how you can receive. My own existence recently, I've, been embracing accepting help more and more and more and as a direct result I'm able to give more and more and more I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that
1: I like the way Napoleon Hill talks about masterminds and I don't know if he gets original credit for the word or not but some of his writing uh, is where I first came across the idea and you know it's a bit weird to think about but if you can imagine I bring my mind. To the conversation, to to the room, so to speak, the container we've created for this group. And you bring your mind, and Les brings his mind, and Jim brings his mind, and each of us individually have a lot to offer. But in that moment, we're only able to access our conscious thoughts. But when we're together and we each bring our consciousness to this space, the idea of the mastermind is that a a, a separate mind is created, and in essence, it extracts from each of us something that we may not have had access to before, and you could say maybe that's the subconscious mind connecting the dots of all these other people's consciousness, or you, you know, maybe it's, it's God bringing that into the space, whatever. I don't know. I don't need to know. What I know is when you come with that attitude you described, that willingness to receive, a deep. Hope and expectation, you know, hope as a confident expectation, not hope like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe I hope to win the lottery. Like, no, not that hope as in I expect something powerful to happen. Um, and, and then it just does to, to your point. If somebody watched the recording, especially if they watched the recording without sound, they'd be like, you're just sitting there, like well, nothing's actually happening. But, but the magic, uh, seems to happen every time when the whole group, is in that place. And I don't know about you, Laban, but I have been in masterminds before where the group doesn't work. You know, There's someone or multiple people who just aren't bringing that spirit to it. And it really kind of breaks the whole dynamic. It's like the, the, that mastermind, that independent mind is never created. We're just all being ourselves, which I can go do by myself anytime. And so I do think it's special when you find that group where you can Consistently get to a place that transcends what we would have been able to accomplish individually, or even if our you know the sum of our individual parts. You know, it's it's multiple multiplicative of that. It's bigger than that.
0: There's something truly magical that's, and I've never been really a part of any official mastermind prior to this. I've been part of, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, but nothing formalized like this, and. But I have since then seen some examples of plenty of people that go into these with uh, this selfish mindset. And, and and in some circumstances, that selfishness is required in life. But in this context, it kills the, the energy and And I think that we've been able to create something really special. And I don't want to make this this focus, but given you're so heavily involved and and have been dramatically impacted by this, I think it's really important because I want to talk about your coaching and the coaching that you do that flows on uh, after this as the result of all the other knowledge that's being continually acquired in these kind of environments. Mm -hmm. Because what people don't realize when you're being coached by someone like Zach, you get to download everything that he's continually learning as well while you're in that coaching agreement. And maybe this is a good place to transition. Like, do you have an example for us of a coaching client, if you have to say any names, of some a breakthrough that you've had recently that, that you'd like to share?
1: Totally. I mean, there's story after story I could pull from. And uh, one example recently, I think it's incredibly powerful, a uh, female engineering leader, who was at the senior manager level and had been there at that level for something like eight or nine years. And for six of those years, she had been desiring and taking action toward finding a director level role, wanted to advance in her career, had the ambition, had the drive, the desire, and was not lazy about it you know, routine conversations with her leaders about her gaps and where she needed to focus on development, pursuing opportunities both internally and externally, and six years of effort with no result. You know, the same frustrating response. Every time she would go ask, it was, you're doing a great job. Keep doing good work. Here's a couple of areas you can continue to improve. And, you know, your name's on the list, so to speak. Like, very frustrating for any leader. because, like, well, okay, if I'm doing such a great job, why is nothing happening? And can you give me something tangible and something meaningful to actually go do? And a lot of times, you know, leaders in companies are not really able to articulate that. And at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of not great leaders out there. And And so here she is stuck in that situation. Well, she enrolled in my coaching program, mostly out of a sense of desperation. Like what else can I do? You know, what am I missing? There has to be something missing here. And we started working together. And, you know, Laban, you know this as well as anybody. The blind spot in terms of limiting beliefs for her, which I know that's almost a cliche phrase anymore. You know, five years ago, that was like, what are we talking about? Now everybody's talking about limiting beliefs, but it, it is real and it is important. And we got into the the nuts and bolts of the doing part of her her person versus the being part of her. You know, Being precedes doing. And in the being, in her identity, there were some places where deep down she actually didn't believe that she was ready for that director position. And all of those actions that had happened for six years were done from a mindset of, I'm not ready. But that was... In the background, it was not conscious. Well, Laban, that energy of I'm not ready comes through in every one of those actions. You know, when she's talking with her leader about a promotion, that leader is sensing that she's not actually ready. So, you know, when he can't articulate what needs to change, part of that is because he doesn't understand why he feels that she's not ready. He just knows she's not ready. You know, there's so much that happens in communication that way. So, we made a few really powerful shifts for her, some new distinctions, creating new references and, and a level of understanding about why you're absolutely ready and started doing the mindset work and going through this daily process of rewiring her nervous system through simple actions, you know, affirmations and journaling and action in alignment with a new identity. And she received a director promotion at a new company and a huge raise and a big team that she was thrilled about in just six weeks. Six years of effort banging her head against the wall and in six weeks landed a director position. And, you know, it's like, wow, how does that happen? These kinds of quantum leap moments or breakthroughs in our life, it's like, what changed? And for her as a as a person and her skills, her knowledge, nothing nothing changed in her engineering acumen. I didn't give her any tips on how to be a better engineer. She was already beyond the level she needed to be in her, you know, technical skills. Uh, it was all in the background in this mindset that was holding her back. And so that's that's one example. And it's not always you know that, but just how a, a little thing in a coaching engagement can create a breakthrough. And then you know now we can talk about new strategies and new actions and how to lead at the next level and get real results from it. Whereas before I you know I could have given her those strategies that directors use before, but she wouldn't have been able to act act it out in a way that would get results. Um oh, this is this is so frustrating for engineering leaders, and I think anybody can relate to this. We want to believe, Laban, that everything is cause and effect. And <laughs> and there's some Important truth to that statement, and I don't want to poo-poo on y equals f of x. I mean, I'm an engineer, man. I love cause and effect. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But the same action, literally the same action done from two different mindsets will yield two different results. Mindset is at cause, and we don't see that. We don't want to believe that. And anybody who doesn't agree with me, you know, go talk to your loved one, your partner, your spouse, and use the same words from two different mindsets, right? One of the mindsets could be, you're such an idiot, how did you do this, you know, and and say something like, what was that for? What was that for? You know, (laughs) another mindset could be love and compassion and tender care for that person. We say, what was that for? exact same words coming from two different mindsets and the way it gets delivered is then totally different. It's the same in any of these areas of life. So that's one example. even I don't know, we could go all day on stories.
0: Mate, I It's so great. And, and uh, cause I, I definitely know at least one engineer, my mate, Sam Skinner, that uh, is a PhD in water. Uh, I should know exactly what he did his PhD, given we've been friends for such a long time <laughs> and he's my ultra distance running buddy. So we've spent, T- tens and maybe hundreds of hours running together. Oh, wow. um, I know he's a very smart dude and uh, hopefully he gets to this episode. Big shout out to Sammy Skinner, one of my biggest fans on the show. And it's funny, my, my the way that my brain operates, I think it might be the complete opposite. But uh, in saying that, in my own transformation journey, I used the language reverse engineered the trauma that I'd experienced to help me figure out a solution. And I did it. So I think, I think there's all, every, all of us have this engineering part of our brain that we use. Some of us just do it for a job. Right. And I, and uh, you know, further to that, to that example with your, uh, with your lady, uh, coaching client, who do you think is the best client for you? Like if you could get an easel and paint, all of the challenges that a particular person could be going through that they could then turn up at your door and say, help me, help me, Dr. Zach."
1: <laughs> you know, the place that I've seen the deepest struggle in career building for engineering leaders tends to be this middle management band. And here's what I've noticed. And I think most, you know, this isn't just true in engineering, but I see it there especially. You go into engineering because you have a passion for technology and mathematics and science, and you know, you're know you good at it. You have an acumen there and you pursue it and, and you start your career doing the work. And it's fun. You're out there running experiments, developing new technologies, writing code, running tests, whatever that is. And then because you're good at it, you get promoted. You go from a junior engineer to a project engineer, a senior engineer, and, and then one day, you've had enough experience and you get tapped on the shoulder to become a manager. (laughs) And this is a, for a lot of engineers, it's something they dream about, they want to do, they want to have a bigger impact, they want to lead the team and, and take that on and that's awesome. But they get there and for one, most of the time, you're not actually given the training and the preparation and all the skills that you need to lead people because being a great engineer and a great manager are completely different skill sets. But for two, you get in this place where you're now no longer in the trenches doing that work that really drove your passion and engagement. You're also not the one in charge. <laughs> you're not the director of the VP and making these big strategic decisions. So you don't have the autonomy of a top-level leader in that regard. And and you often feel quite trapped. Uh, this player-coach you know, band of the organization. So, you know, managers and senior managers who get in that slot for, you know, three years, then five years, then it's 10 years, and they reach the point of no return where it's like, I'm either going to be a manager for the rest of my career, which I'm not even loving it. You just, it's not bad. It's not good. It's, or not great, right? It's, it's the classic Jim Collins where good is the enemy of great. Mm-hmm. I call it the golden cage, Laban. They're in a golden cage. They make great money, highly paid professionals. You know, they have the house, the mortgage, the wife, the kids, the, you know, life in the suburbs, and it's fine, but they're not really thriving. They're not loving their life, but they're terrified to make any changes because they've got all these, you know, anchors holding them into that situation, and they don't know how to move up, and they don't want to move back down because lifestyle and income and these things, so they just get trapped right there. So that person, you know, we've just seen time and time again that the work we do in this coaching you know process the inner discovery combined with you know mindset breakthrough and then actions and strategies and tactics to open whatever door you want to open you know that's what I'd emphasize it's not about just promotion if you don't want to be a director fine but let's get into integrity around that stop pretending that you want to be a director and go find a place in your life that you can absolutely light up again And uh, that's the person I want to work with is this, the person who's sick and tired of being stuck in a, a average life. And, you know, you don't have to be a manager to work with us. We've got junior engineers who are three years out of college and already feel like, oh no, is this the right path for my life? And we've got people five years from retirement who are saying, I'm not done. There's more in the tank. And I'm tired of people telling me that I need to just coast to the finish line and I'm not getting any opportunities, how can I maximize these next five years? So it goes across the whole spectrum. But the person I've seen, if there was a bullseye, man, it's, it's, that, it's that manager, senior manager, who just doesn't know how to get out of that golden cage.
0: Well, it's, uh, you operate from such a high place of integrity because I think it's, it's uh, not just affecting engineers, what you're sharing. In my experience, like i worked in recruitment forever before I got into doing what I'm doing now. And the like people, they are on the receiving end of like you should be grateful that you've got this job, you know, and, and absolutely gratitude comes into uh, maintaining uh, mental health and, and perspective on life but no one should suffer and 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 what it is it's cuz i believe that they are living out of alignment with what they are on the planet to do and that's okay like but just do something about it and if every single person on the planet and this is very utopian for now but if every single person on the planet was living their purpose <laughs> the world would be unbelievable oh yeah like imagine everyone doing what they love to do and people people are so negative and you know as the, the, this is being recorded in june 2022 3 days after the the share market's gone gone to a bloodbath red the crypto market's gone and there's so much opportunity to to revel in the negativity uh, and I, I didn't want to make it about that but <clears throat> it's an interesting timestamp Because you might be forced into figuring out your purpose, which is what happened to me at the start of 2020, right? We discussed this when you interviewed me on your show. And that ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. So maybe the message is maybe what I'm trying to articulate here is there might be an opportunity in the coming days, weeks, or months, or years where you are forced in your hand to Mm -hmm. transition. So start having to think about what it is that you would love to do if money wasn't an, an, an issue. And, uh, you know, that's the main one really, isn't it?
1: For most people, no doubt. The the fear around financial security is a gripping force, especially for engineers. I think personality-wise, it's a super big challenge. Laban, something you said that I want to put an exclamation point on because it's so important. That idea of suffering. One of the things that, is really hard for my clients and, and for myself. I lived this, right? This is my story. I felt like I was not allowed to have problems. So when I was going through that rock bottom moment and I was suffering, okay, I, physical pain, anguish, embarrassment, despair, depression. I mean a lot I was suffering in that time. But I didn't allow myself to suffer in the sense that like, I make good money. I'm still employed. I've got this job. I'm an engineer. I'm a white male in America. I don't have any problems. I'm not allowed to complain. Like, I have nothing to complain about because to your point, I should be grateful. I should be happy and grateful to have this life. There's billions of people around the world who would kill to trade me for this situation. Therefore... By comparison, I'm not allowed to suffer in this situation. I just need to get through it and move on. That to me is a tragedy because it's not about comparison. It's not about the billion other people who would trade me. I suffered. And I have clients who are suffering in the same ways or similar ways who on the outside, like maybe we would all say, you're fine, suck it up, buttercup. But on the inside, they're suffering in a way that impacts them the same way that suffering in a different, you know, quote, unquote, more extreme sense impacts others. And uh, I just encourage everyone, you know, stop comparing suffering. Like, <laughs> take Laban's insight. Like, let's just go pursue purpose and passion and love and, and you know, service and all these things that really create a life that you wake up and cannot wait to get started with the day instead of looking backwards and comparing to these other things.
0: It's spot on because what people may not realize or put together at this point, all the most successful people that that I've ever met in my life, and I'm talking about financially fulfillment relationships and their health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually are all living their purpose. They all are the, the most abundantly wealthy people that I've met as well. And so, as a result, they hire or indirectly create employment. They have a way, a huge more amount of disposable income that that goes into buying, you know, and supporting the local and, and the international economy. Like that's the that's the whole point of this. Like, it rising tide sort of lifts all boats, and and that's why the uh, I listened to something recently that I don't know who said it, but the USA was the first example of a capitalistic society ever, and everything prior to that had been in a uh, socialist or a communistic um, scenario. and it proved it proved itself to be the right way to go about things, right? And you could look at the news now and disagree, but if you do if you do, you're an idiot, stop stop watching the news, and I don't take back that statement. <laughs> Um, because it, it worked and it worked because of freedom and, and freedom to choose freedom, to live your purpose, freedom, to, to follow your desire and your God given innate gift. And I think maybe that's the whole point of this thing.
1: Free to be free to act. You know, that's a, such an important prerequisite to then having The thing that you vision and dream to have in your life and so i agree you know if we don't have the fundamental freedom to be and and to transform that being and to become who we want and need to become aligned with our purpose and then the freedom to act in integrity to that purpose then we don't have the opportunity to have these tremendous abundant results that you just described. And so I feel blessed to to be an American, have that chance, and nobody is stopping me from becoming who I need to become to live my purpose except for myself, which is the work. You know, it's actually the hardest work. (laughs) The actions are relatively simple. Once you get out of the way of your your own limitations and beliefs and the being side of that, but yeah, Laban, well said, man i we we're going to church, buddy, this is good stuff
0: <laughs> well i want I want to take it down a, another direction for a little bit uh and then and then I wanna um finish up with what uh advice that you that you'll have to maintain positivity based on what I'm gonna ask you about now. Okay. What do you think is happening in the world as we speak? Honest answer.
1: At a macro level, I see, you know, two two worlds colliding that creates a negative downward spiral. The predictable uh, cycles of financial markets and economies and debt cycles, and you know, go watch the Ray Dalio video on how markets work, and you know, it's this is. Science and predictable. You, you don't have credit expansion without credit contraction. You know, so all of those things are happening, and it's amplified by war and and you know things happening around the world in terms of politics. So you have that dynamic that we can see, measure, and it's scientific in a way. And then we have a spiritual or mental thought element where I see a shift in our focus. You know, the shift that is from things are good and growing and and positive and i have a hope and a future for my life and i can better my situation and you know that whole spiritual alignment towards what is good and people are you know to your comment earlier they're watching the news they're watching social media they're looking at these effects that are scientific in nature and their focus is trending heavily towards all things negative and where the focus goes energy flows and energy is the creation force of your life and when your energy is poured into negative thinking you're creating negative outcomes and so you have some predictable scientific things happening that quite frankly they're painful but there's no need to be extraordinarily afraid of them because it's happened before and humanity has survived and will survive again but then we add this focus shift I sometimes, Laban, I can hardly stand to go out and talk to some people who I consider, you know, friends because there's so much negativity in their focus. It's like, I can't be around that. You, you're know, you bringing me to a place I don't wanna go. And so I think that's that's what I see happening. And it's, it's happening macro, but it's also micro. Like just look at your neighbors, look at yourself and the things that I see happening in so many domains, you know, health outcomes, financial outcomes, losing jobs, you know, creating all these things, and anyway, I, I'm pretty passionate about this. It's really, it's it's sad to watch because I feel like, oh, you know, just because we're going through a credit contraction, a market cycle, doesn't mean that your whole life has to be terrible in this process. Um, but I get it that it's hard. I don't want to dismiss or or belittle the realities that people face during a time like this, that will be pressured and trial by fire in in many cases, and. To your point, suffering will happen through this season.
0: Well, um, maybe you didn't realize it, but you just shared about three or four tips that people can utilize to help stay away from it. Uh, it what I what I'm grappling with at the moment, Zach, is it was me being informed back in the day that allowed me to sort my health issues out right and it was a an incurable auto, autoimmune disease and that made me very awake for when things like COVID took place and it's looking like what's well, not even it's beyond looking like there is a real deliberate agenda with a lot of this stuff and some of it appears to be so nefarious in its nature that it's impossible to take your eyes off at times. And, and, you know, in terms of things that are outside of my control, I don't want this to be outside of my control. But then again, what can I do if I'm spending all my time worrying worrying about that when yeah. I need to focus on creating a life or I can be free, get off get off the matrix or whatever. What advice do you have for, for me and for anyone that's that's experiencing that?
1: I, I love how hard this conversation is because I'm right there with you. Uh, and, and I know there's not a simple answer, but here's here's what I here's what I believe we start in the spirit of control by using the most important resource that i have which is directing my thoughts so i have time and energy and i translate those into controlling my thinking decisions and actions and you know thinking precedes the the actual decision and action so i always begin there like what am i thinking what am I focused on? Am I doing the work to align that with the things that matter to me and, and what I believe and or if my beliefs need to be challenged and shifted? Am I going and seeking the support, the help, the references, the information to to your point earlier? A single distinction, a single piece of information can change your life. And, you know, to be open to that and and asking for it. You know, and if you don't know what piece of information to ask for, then just start by saying like Well, what is that? What I need is the the piece of information about what information I need, you know, like just to start getting curious. But, But then to your point around, all right, how do I avoid these things that are happening in the environment around me that if I want to operate in the systems of this world, you know, I'm not willing to go off grid and Start farming my own food and raising my own cattle, and you know, running on a generator. Like that's not a life I'm willing to even consider. So I'm I'm plugged in. How do I deal with that? For me, uh, I I seek to evangelize. It's funny we used that word earlier, so it's primed in my mind. Like before we hit record, I seek to evangelize with the people I am around the beliefs that I see consistently yield fruitful outcomes to do everything to change the atmosphere from me out. So, so I don't reach beyond what I can influence and, and burn calories, you know, hoping that I can change that atmosphere. Like right around my life is an atmosphere that I can change. I have the authority and the energy and the power to change that through my actions and decisions. And, and so that's where I focus is, you know, if, if each one of us would change the atmosphere around us, eventually Laban's atmosphere will overlap with Zach's, you know, and we're going to create something uh, bigger that's moving in a direction we're excited about that's positive in that way. And then the next person, the next person. And I just feel like we're too afraid to do that. For whatever reason you know it could be the nefarious agendas we talked about it could be a lot of things maybe if you're you know from a spiritual perspective you could say it's the forces of evil in the world like whatever it is we're afraid which is why you need the world's best courage coach and people like laban to support you in this this journey but atmosphere shifting from me outward what do i believe causes that to happen evangelizing those beliefs And just pouring my fuel into it, man. I just, like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Just, that's the purpose piece. And I don't know, that's a bit fuzzy. Maybe it doesn't help people with with exactly what to do, but I think that's part of the wrestling. That's why it's a hard conversation. You've got to get into yourself and decide what that is for you. What I'm doing may not match what someone else needs to do because my purpose may not match your purpose and my vision doesn't match your vision. But don't settle for letting the atmosphere around change you. Like, I'm going to change the atmosphere. I don't care what anybody else says. That's that's my approach.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Matt, I think you did a heck of a job. If you knew the answer, uh, you'd be a multi trillionaire <laughs> immediately <laughs> overnight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I think it's – and maybe people would say this back before the Depression or before World War II, before the the, the genocide of the Jews and, um, you know, the world never seen anything like this. The, the world hasn't seen anything like this. And one one example is I saw uh, there's a product or an AI program called Aladdin, the Black Rock, the... Uh, huge big investment firm that i hadn't heard of a year ago but now have control like i think a third of the investment um portfolio on the whole planet
1: yes yeah, like trillions it's
0: trillions right 30 yes. trillion dollars and and it's like the gdp of europe is is the amount it's, it's something along that is huge and this this program aladdin was created like 20 something years ago and it's it's developed intelligence and a lot of the share traders uh, you could—they sold their data at one point, and maybe still do. So you could invest based off their algorithmic choices, and it was hugely successful. And you look at the, what they what they buy—like it's so big—it's it's like basically the fourth arm of the government now. They think, and when you when you look at like my passion is around knowing the truth. So that I can make an informed decision. You know, they, uh, the stuff that they invest in is like this fake meat industry, which if you, this is the first time you're ever hear, hearing about it, like I can tell you without any shadow of any doubt if you put that food in your mouth, you deserve everything that's coming to you. All right. I'm just going to say that. And I don't care about upsetting people. Oh, it's the planet or whatever. No, nah, you don't. It's all wrong. And you are being lied to without any shadow of any doubt. And it's like, how can you compete with this bombardment of the opposite and create an impact? Um, And I think what's becoming clear, Zach, is that people need to be in enough pain to want to do something about it because the things that they're being told to do, we're being told to do, Will result in tremendous pain, death in many cases, uh, and maybe that'll be the catalyst. So maybe this is just like what we need to experience for any real change. To I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but uh, I don't know. Is it making any truth? <laughs> yeah, it does.
1: No, I mean you're absolutely right. As long as I can still, you know watch Netflix after work, have my couple of beers, go out to the restaurant, enjoy a burger and fries, and life, you know, sort of feels the way it's always felt. And all that stuff that's happening is just on the news. And maybe I feel the pain of my 401k plummeting, but, you know, I'm not going to retire for another 20 years and it'll bounce back. And yeah, why would I change anything? You know, do I even care about this? And okay, yeah, my friends are getting a little salty on Facebook or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. If we don't feel an acute pain, we're not going to act. And so may- maybe the real challenge for anyone out there who, who wants to make a difference is to like do what it takes to put yourself into a position where action is non-negotiable. And, you know, for me, one of the ways I do that is I I change the time horizon of my thinking. Yeah, you know, I got to get out of just like, to, yeah, to, today it's great. Everything's fine. This is great. But, but what if I don't make any shifts in my life for the next year or three years or five years? What if 10 years from now I continue to just live this way? Where does that take me? Is, is that going to be the life I want to live? And And if these macro things happen the way that they might happen— and I don't do anything about it in terms of preparing myself, my family, and my community. And uh, am I gonna be okay 10 years from now looking back saying, wow, I sat on my freaking butt watching Netflix every night when I could have been doing something. And for me, that makes it more painful. It's like, no, I, I do not wanna live with a regret 10 years from now that when I had a chance to make a difference, I didn't. And you know, the lift to make a difference at that point is, is way bigger. And it doesn't have to be, okay, maybe you're not passionate about the politics and the macroeconomics or whatever, or money. Okay, fine. Well, same for health. You know, you've gained two pounds this year so far. No big deal, right? Well, what if you gain two pounds every six months for the next 10 years? <laughs> you know, well, what does that life look like? Do you really want to get there? You know, maybe it's time to cut some calories and go on an marathon with Laban. But anyway, I, I think you're right. You got you to gotta pull the pain into the present and and you can do that. That's I mean, the power of the human mind was something uniquely human to be able to do that, and to inspire yourself into a new trajectory.
0: Zach, where do where do people find you, brother?
1: You know, the best place if you want to get some Zach White in your life is to jump over to the Happy Engineer Podcast. Laban, you mentioned that earlier, and and that's where a lot of my energy is going. I love the opportunity to engage with guests and and also with listeners. You know, we've got a community. Uh, on Facebook that people can join and all that information is is centered around the hub of the podcast. So the happy engineer podcast.com or whatever platform you're using, you know, YouTube, Apple podcast, Spotify to listen to this show, just search the happy engineer and you'll find us. But um, yeah, I would love to connect with anybody and I hope this has been encouraging for them. So if you want some more, jump over there and check us out.
0: Happy engineer. He is happy. He's always upbeat. Do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience today, Zach?
1: The, the arc of this conversation stirs me to say one of the lessons that I learned through the last four or five years that has served me really well, and I wasn't expecting it to go this direction, but I think it's prudent. I, I love to learn. I love it if if somebody would pay me everything that i get paid for all the work i do and in coaching and investing and otherwise just to sit around and learn stuff i'd probably go that route cuz I, I love it and so it's really easy for me to fall into passive action meaning you know studying listening to great podcasts like this reading books you know constantly going through the process of soaking in more knowledge and, and that can also be mirrored by watching a lot of the news, trying to understand, you know, macroeconomics and all these things and make sense of the world around us, et cetera. What I've found in my life now, Laban, is I need to consume 10% as much and act 90% more. I already know enough. There's already, I mean, I, I've spent so much time learning. Uh, it's not going to be that the next book is the, the, the key catalyst necessarily. Believe me, I love reading and I'm not poo-pooing on, on knowledge in any way, but I feel like for me, the key thing in life has been like, this is a season. And especially with what we just talked about, the context of the world around us at this time, this is not a season to sit back and just consume information. Like you got to get in the game, take what you know, and just start acting, um, so, so for me, I've literally cut down my knowledge consumption, time, and energy significantly, and I'm focusing way more on getting into action. You know, in the business, in my health, in my relationships, and you know, in meditation and visualization and the mindset disciplines, all of the things that move the needle. That's where I'm spending time and energy, um, and it may swing back towards more learning in the future. But I, I feel like. This is a sh- time to shift into drive, <laughs> not, not neutral. So yeah, be my encouragement to anyone out there listening. You know enough to take the next few steps, and you're going to figure out the steps after that by taking the next ones, not by sitting here dreaming it up. So get going.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, That White. I got superpowers, superpowers. I got superpowers the business It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this: if you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world i want to make something available to you go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five day video training well i will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire you'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.